0: It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, The Money Guy.
1: So approximately two weeks ago, I record a show. It was actually, I think, Wednesday or Thursday of last week. We released it on Friday. About how great it is that you can get vacation discounts if you really know the right tools. And you know how we are here at The Money Guy money-guy.com if you want to check out our show notes. We love helping you stretch that dollar oh so much more than everybody else is doing. But I had no idea when we did that show that the next two weeks were going to be the way they were with this volatility. And I know Bo is sitting here, and he's kind of looking at me when I talk about taking a trip. I know I sure wish I was on a trip right now.
0: That's not funny.
1: Bo Bo isn't too pleased with that because he's supposed to be doing, like, a Zach Brown band lyric where he's supposed to have his toes in the sand and, you know, enjoying some ice-cold beverages, enjoying the sunshine. Instead, because of some um, medical issues with one of his friends, he's here working. What a devoted employee.
0: I'm just... I, I'm, You know, I'm glad to be here, glad to be talking to you guys, glad to be hanging out. But man, it it, it is kind of frustrating when the market has a, a pretty rough day like it did yesterday. You know, it's up right now, who knows what it'll be at 3.30 this afternoon. But man, it should be nice to be on the beach, kicked back and relaxing. But lo and behold, here we are and we've got a great show.
1: Well, this is the thing. It seems like I went and pulled my notes from previous podcast. And by the way, if you want access to all of our archives, you can sign up for a premium membership um, for a little over $29 uh, a year. You can get access to our shows, I think going all the way back to probably 2007, 2008. We started doing the show in 2006, but it does give you a lot of depth of knowledge over pretty much anything financial you want to talk about. Um, Whenever we get into these dark times, I know I do the same conversation that a lot of you guys are doing. I go home and talk to my wife and we decide that we need to tighten up the belt a little bit. Let's trim a little bit of what we're spending. Make sure we're keeping as much as in our back pocket as possible because we're getting scared a little bit about the, you know, if the economy is going to have this volatility or you know, if our pay is going to be impacted, then let's go ahead and trim where we're spending our money. So I've done this show in the past. We, 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 every few years, it's good to kind of update and bring everybody up to speed because technology's changing, the world's changing. In the past that we titled this show, it was called $200 a Month with a Few Phone Calls. We've also done uh, another one that was titled... What was it? Some creative saving strategies? I think
0: it was creative ways to save a few bucks, I believe.
1: So we're kind of redoing, you know, this is the the 3.0 version. I've gone back and pulled some notes. I've also gone and pulled what I'm paying for certain utilities. And what we used to in the past, and I've I've used this, and I know we have a, a great journalist out there, Erin, who loves, you know, involving us in our articles. And she did a... a an article recently that was featured on Yahoo Finance. And the portion that I was in there on was, I, I talked about ungrateful service providers, and I actually got some, uh, a mean email. Bo, can you read like a, a, just a paragraph or two from the, the insurance guy who yeah, wrote us? Yeah,
0: absolutely. I think uh, uh, this is from Mark, and Mark wrote, Dear Brian, your broad brush vilifying insurance professionals and their concerns for the fiscal well-being of their clients is disappointing and ill-informed. You also apparently know little about how insurance rates are filed in the various states. I can encourage clients of our independent agency to shop their CFPs and their respective fee schedules every year or two, in quotes. But that would malign the services of well-intentioned and caring professors in your field. I also find your comments interesting giving the devastating tornadoes in Tuscaloosa and Joplin. The last number I heard was $7 billion in expected claim payments to policyholders. Oh, that's right. They are just, in quotes, ungrateful service providers. Your flippant generalizations need to be revised to reflect a fair-minded individual. I trust just had a momentary lapse in judgment. Thank you.
1: And and I, kind of I, I kind of smiled a little bit when I saw that email come through because. As as you guys, anybody who listens to the Money Guy Show and you've listened to the show notes, or you've read the show notes as well as listened to the audio, I've always said the reason I say ungrateful service providers, certain business models are set up to have what's called premium creep. It has nothing to do with the actual insurance agent who's doing the product for you. Um, You also know that I recommend doing a tremendous amount of research on the Internet to find out that you get the best quotes and rates possible on your insurance. But when it comes time to implement implement the plan – like you actually having a live face-to-face person that you can hold accountable for and using a real, uh, an insurance agent. So um, his name was Mark? Mark. Mark, you know, I can understand you, you, when you just see ungrateful service provider, you think that I'm bashing insurance agents. But actually, I'm just saying that that business model with property and casualty insurance, with health insurance and other items that are in the insurance field, is that if you don't do anything as a consumer— your rates will go up, and people coming in the door as brand-new customers actually get better deals than you probably get being a, a very loyal customer. It has nothing to do with the service of the, the, the agent on the insurance. It has more to do with the way the, just the industry set up. So let's talk about, I went and did, you know, let me give you a website that I want everybody to go check out. I used to use a website called Connect Utilities. That's, that seems like that was bought out or it's been consolidated with a new website I want to tell you, it's called whitefence.com, and when you go to whitefence.com, it's going to ask you to type in your address, your zip code, and, you know, other general information, and when you do that, it's going to bring up all of your local service providers for utilities, for entertainment services like internet, cable TV, satellite TV. It's really pretty incredible and telephone service, you know, I guess that bundles under the utility side, but they kind of separate it out. And I do this every few years, and, and I've been, I'm guilty of, as the market's been making money for the last few years, and now we've hit on some, some volatile times again, is I haven't paid attention to my natural gas provider. Um, I've been using a natural gas provider, and I found out when I pulled my most recent bill that I'm paying a dollar, close to $1. six per therm. You know, that's the unit they use for um, tracking natural gas. And I found out if by going on whitefence.com that I could be getting a fixed 12-month rate of 0.74 cents, you know, per therm. So that's a 32 cent per therm savings. Plus they'd give me an additional $60 bill credit, meaning over the next few months, they're going to give me five bucks a month off of my bill. So I went and did the math. This is how geeky I am. I went and pulled all of my bills. That's right. I use paytrust.com. So it's very easy to go do all my, pull all my bills through the, my bill pay service. I've used 760 therms in the last year. So, I figured out that if I did this, I would save $242 by switching to the 12 month plan, plus the $60 that you get in statement credits. I would save over $302 a year. In your peak months, that I'm, been, I'm you know, during very cold months when we're actually heating the house, we're using over 194 therms a month. I would save at least $62 a month just in those peak periods. That's not pocket change, guys. That's enough money that you know. You think about that, oh, you know, sixty bucks a month on those peak periods. That's several meals out with the family. That's groceries in the refrigerator. That's that's doing. A, you can do a tremendous amount of you know with sixty dollars. Bo, I know sixty bucks goes a long ways in the Hanson household.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, we can make 60 bucks do a lot of things. I mean,
1: that buys a lot of frosted flakes. <laughs> <laughs> He's laughing because I think Bo basically lives off of frosted flakes. But that's one of the things. So I want to encourage you go check out your utilities, go check out your bundle that you're doing on your satellite service provider, go check out your internet rates. Uh, there's a lot of great deals out there that just you need to go take a little bit of time, a little bit of effort, and you can save you some money. I mean, that's that's not chump change by any scope of the imagination.
0: And, guys, this is quick. While Brian was talking, I just went to whitefence.com, put in my address, searched, and I'm I'm kind of kicking myself because I'm seeing that I can bundle my TV and Internet and save, the one it's showing me right now, I save $528 a year. So, um,
1: wow. See, that's... It really I was not kidding when I, when I did this show originally back in 2008 when I said you really can save $200 a month with a few phone calls. I want to empower you by giving you these tools so that you can, I mean, $200 a month. I have done podcasts in the past where I've tried to show that a person exiting college, graduating college, entering the workforce at 22, saving $200 a month. Or No, $2,000 a year. That's what it was, right. $2,000 a year. If you did that until you exited the workforce at 65 and you earned 8 to 9% interest rate, um, which right now we'd all sure like to have that 8 or 9%, but it will get back to those historical norms. But if you're just getting an 8 to 9% rate of return, you're going to earn close to a million bucks over that period of time. So if I can save you $200 a month off of your utilities bundling you know, your, your services with your telephone and your cable, your satellite. And then I'm going to talk to you about a few other things. This can be things that you're using for financial independence. This can be things that's going to put your children through college. This can be the stuff that allows you to buy that next car with cash instead of having to finance something. This is the type of mindset you have to be, have to be extremely successful in the long term. And, and that's why we're here so let's talk about insurance protection you know I've already had Mark who picked on me a little bit I do want to talk about a website, giving you a tool here. Go to insure.com and you can go price out your life insurance, your automobile insurance, and your health insurance. And I've already, there's a brand new commercial out there. I'm trying to remember which one of the, the insurance providers it is or which of the financial institution it is, but I think it's great because it gives you that visual of there's a child that's sitting there um, <laughs> and you know and his buddy walks in and the guy, the, the adult walks up and goes, What's your favorite ice cream flavor? and he scoops him out some chocolate. And then the first child that was already there, he goes, why don't I get ice cream? And he goes, because you're new, you know, because that guy there, he's new. You're, you're an old customer. You know, that that kind of is the way life is with a lot of insurance companies. So I love that visual of the the little pouting child that's not getting the ice cream. I'm sure as soon as that commercial shoot was over, they gave that other child (laughs) some chocolate ice cream, but it it gives you a great visual, but it, it is, you need to go price your insurance every few years. I was amazed. I think I've, t- I've shared this story a few years ago. I have two clients that both work in the insurance field. And I had one that was my property and casualty insurance agent. And then I have another one that is a property and casualty insurance agent. he asked, just because I'd had an issue with one of my clients, who had also referred to this client, um, didn't have a great service experience. So that was still fresh in my mind. So I decided to let this other client price out my insurance. And I was shocked. To find out that my property and casualty insurance, by just changing providers, went down close to thousand dollars a year. That's on my homeowners and my automobile policies, as well as you know I have you know we have you know separate coverage for my wife's jewelry and other things. Just like you know you, you want to protect yourself, but it was a savings of close to a thousand dollars a year, based upon he said our good credit rating. And I was very frustrated and disappointed that one of my clients, since they were both clients. Um, had kind of let me slip through the cracks because here I am the money guy. We're supposed to be up on things. And this guy knows what we do over here. I'm counting on him to every few years to shop this to make sure I'm getting the best deal. And, you know, he didn't. So, you know, I voted with my feet, moved on to this other agent. And then, you know, of course, I got the call from my my client slash friend and I explained to him. I think he understands he still talks to me he goes, well, you give me a chance to earn that business back? And I, and I told him I was, I was a little frustrated. And, you know, we were very friendly with each other about it. But it was one of those things. So this can happen to anybody. So I'm just telling you, pay attention to what you're paying. And I think Insure.com is a good site to go at least price out your insurance options. Like I said, I don't want you really to buy from Insure.com. I want you to to find a good agent in your area. That way, when things do go bad, if you have a car accident, if you have a claim that you need to make on your house, they're going to be able to walk you through the process versus you just having to call a 1-800 number. And most insurance rates are regulated by state insurance authorities, so you're not really getting, they all are playing off the same sheet of music. You're not making, you know, it's not like the, the Internet company can get you a lot better deal than your local agent can. It's just you need to do your due diligence so you make sure you're getting the best product out there. Um, I also want to talk about deductibles on your insurance policies because this is an easy one. I think you can, um, and I, but I want to caution you. It's one of those things I want to tell you. Here's a great tool, but you need to do your research on this, is that I have done some research on the Internet to find out that if you raise your, your deductible from, say, $250 to 1000 on your homeowners as well as your automobile policies, a lot of people have had success of saving well over two to $300 a year you know, by, by having that. And you think about it, if you could have just two to three years of no claims on your insurance, you've probably made back that deductible amount. Um, but I want to caution you, you need to go do your research on this because there have been other people who have great products that they might only have a $250 to $500 deductible. And if they went to 1000 it only saves them 40 to $50 a year. If that's you, you have to do the kind of that that analysis, that opportunity cost analysis to figure out where your break-even point is. And if it's going to take you five, seven, 10 years before you break even on those insurance savings to cover the cost of that premium, you know, by raising the deductible, then you might want to just keep the lower deductible. But if you're one of those people that you can save $300 a year, by all means, let's raise that deductible up.
0: Are there any rules of thumb as far as deductible, you know, on homeowners and that sort of thing?
1: I would, in the past, I would have said yes, but now with the way insurance is now priced based upon your credit rating, there's so many other variables on your behavior, your profession, your credit rating. You know, do you have GPS on your car? Because if you have GPS you know, tracking on your car, they actually give you discounts for that. A lot of people don't even know about that. You know, if you have OnStar or some of these other services that I would, I would caution you, you kind of just have to do the numbers. I can't give you some broad sweeping generalization because you're going to have to go see what your pricing is. Because I think you know, I, have, I was going to do the $1,000 deductible Um, because I've had that in the past, but I found out I was one of those people because of our credit rating, it made sense to keep the $500 deductible because it was so small of a savings difference that I was just like, okay, well, you know, I'd rather, you know, I'd rather have the extra insurance versus saving that seven years worth of savings before I break even on this thing. So that's something I want you to go out there and look at. But for some people out there, you're going to look at this and go, "Holy cow!" I think just going through the process of researching your property and casualty insurance. A few of you, if you've had the same carrier for the last five, six, ten years, you're going to be shocked at what's going on out there in the marketplace. So, so pay attention to the deductibles. Let's talk about something fun, entertainment type things. I think you know when you get into these these crazy volatile times of the market, it's fun. If, um, you know, a lot of you are scared to go to the movies and spend $10, but it's very easy to go sign up for Netflix or to sign up, you know, or go rent down at the local grocery store and use Redbox or or Blockbuster to to do things. So a lot of Netflix has been all over the news recently because they raised their rates. And I've been with Netflix probably, you know, this is the thing. I went on Netflix's website and and wanted to see – because, you know, your credit card will tell you, hey, this guy's been a customer since 1993. Um, Netflix doesn't have that. I wish they did because I was trying to remember when I started using Netflix, and I really think it was probably around 2000. I mean, I, I really think it was that long ago. And I've been on the four-CD plan with unlimited streaming forever. And that was fine at the time that, to, to have the four CDs because when I first started using Netflix, you'd send off a DVD and then it would take a week to week and a half because you're sending it out to California and we're in the state of Georgia. It really would take forever for that to come, you to get a new updated DVD. But now that they have mailing stations all over the country, it's nowhere. It, you, I don't know if you need four DVDs. So this big price increase is probably much to do about nothing. Um, you know, I actually was going to go with just the streaming, unlimited streaming. What does that cost, Bo?
0: Seven ninety nine for just if you just want to go straight up streaming, nothing else.
1: I was gonna drop down from the four DVDs I was getting for like twenty bucks a month plus the streaming down to just the seven ninety nine, and just use the Redbox as well as Blockbuster to do if we needed a movie that night and get a DVD. My wife however howled when I told her that. And the reason, and this is actually smart, and I think this is probably why Netflix isn't going to get beat up as much as many people think, she loves her DVD queue. And that queue is pretty powerful because it does allow you to go in there and organize your movies and what you got coming. Um, you know, So I can understand that there is definitely some value to that. So we're going to drop down to the two, um, two, two DVDs a month plan. We're going to still keep some DVDs.
0: So the two DVDs a month, that's ninety nine dollars a month. Plus the streaming, which is seven and on, so you're twenty bucks a month.
1: Yeah, I, I, what I've figured out is I'm still going to save a few bucks a month. Yeah, there I'm going to lose some service there. I'm going to go from four to down to two, but I'm actually going to end up dropping my my costs. I think three to four dollars a month, okay. which you know is not a ton of money, but still, it's one of those things where I first was upset. My first reaction when I heard the price increase was to be very upset. But now, after I think about how the this, the, the product has evolved, it's kind of silly that I even had four DVDs anymore. Because I'm not using them.
0: You feel like this kind of serves as a case study for business owners out there about starting? Because truthfully, when you look at the service you're getting, I don't think Netflix is charging a ton. Right. But do you feel like kind of maybe it might have been underpriced from the beginning?
1: Well, that's the thing. is I don't think it was underpriced when it was just DVDs, but when they added the, the streaming they probably didn't know how to price it. I right. mean, because the, their library offering was so small, and it's still limited. I mean, I don't want Netflix, but you sign up, don't think that you're going to have access to HBO-type um, TV shows or, or some of the latest and greatest movies. Every now and then they'll, they'll surprise you because they have access to some of the stars' library, but I, I really don't think – I mean, they were the Wild Wild West. They were out there blazing a brand-new trail, so it is one of those things where – how do you price something that's never been done? And that's why I do worry. I will say and you can read any article and they have the same concern I have is that, you know, they worked out some tremendous deals with like stars, the cable channel as well as some of the movie studios to cuz they didn't know how to price it, so they gave them great introductory pricing. Now they've seen how popular this is. I am worried that Netflix's ultimate problems in the long term are going to be that they've been too successful. Right. So now the the movie studios as well as people, you know, Cable companies like Stars, which gave them access to their library, will be like, "Wait a minute, yeah, you can have access, but it's going to cost you." And that's where I think they're—they're they're probably. If I haven't seen anything written about this, but I got to think Netflix is trying to draw a line in the sand to figure out who's actually a streaming, you know, person and who's actually a, a tangible DVD person, right. because that way they can go to these vendors and you know negotiate more effectively. Because instead of using their total, you know, subscription how many people they have, they can now segment it to try to say, well, yeah, we have this many subscribers, but only this portion is going to be using your portion of the product. And that's probably an effective thing. But I want to tell you that Netflix, I still think that we're not that far off with Hulu Plus, Netflix. We're going to be able to cut the cord completely and get rid of our cable and satellite companies. The only thing that's holding me back is that I love my college sports. Mm -hmm. And we've gotten to the point that – I think there. I don't think we're too far off from the SEC channel or other. You know, you can have the ACC channel, Big Ten, whatever you wanted. They already are. You're starting to see some of these things where you're going to be able to have subscription services where you're going to be able to watch all these things through video streaming. I mean, you're already starting to see some of that because, you know, the NBA, the the um, Major League Baseball, you can already do streaming right. services if you use some of the Roku players or some of the other technology out there. I haven't seen that for the SEC, so I'm going to have to keep using my cable so I can get my ESPN 1, 2, 3, 26, whatever, you know, ESPN channels they have out there. Um, I wanted to – I was trying to think, Bo. I had a few. You had a few suggestions last time we did a show, and you know we we had talked about the Hulu, Netflix, but you had talked about the, and I thought this one was a good one, the programmable thermostat. Because when you first Dude, bought a that, house, you no, didn't that, have a programmable thermostat.
0: That thing is so money. If you guys, if, and and here here's the caveat there. If you don't have people at your house, meaning that if your spouse does not stay at home, and if you don't have pets you know, probably it might not make sense. But what I do at my house is we live down here in the Georgia heat and it is hot. But during the day, I let my house go up to like 82, 83. And then when I come home, you know, I get home from the gym, like seven, seven 30. It's cooled back down to, you know, a reasonable temperature, 74, 75. But it's unbelievable how much money that saves me every month. And I know a lot of you are thinking, well, you're just going to, the, the air conditioner has to work just as hard to bring it down. That's not true. That is not true at all. My, my electric bill last month is half of what it was this time two years ago and I did not have a programmable thermostat.
1: Another thing that you had brought up last time that I know you've done, and I'm actually, I think people that are my age, we're nervous about doing this, but it's happening more and more often, and I'm getting really close to doing it because I've had some neighbors tell me they've done it, cutting the cord, you, when I'm talking about on the phone line. You know, not having I still don't
0: know why you have one. It doesn't make sense.
1: Well, this is let me fill you in and anybody listening out there who's, you know, my age or older knows that your phone number is your identity. You know, I still can tell you the phone numbers for my childhood friends. I mean, it was memorized. I know people in your generation probably don't remember numbers whatsoever.
0: Dude, but the landline is for the dinosaurs. Just-
1: I, I understand that, but i, I just trying to bring you up to speed is that there's so many things connected to that landline. You know, that phone number is attached to things. Uh, one of the things I've been very excited about, a lot of these services now have portability of your number. So you can go sign up with one of these internet, Internet-based providers, and then you can go bring your old phone number over and I have been shocked. I mean, I've got a neighbor, I, I think, you know, that, that product, he's saving like 40 50 bucks a month by dropping the phone line. And that's, I mean, you do that, that almost is a quarter of what we talk about here when I'm saying $200 a month right. just with a few phone calls. So I'd encourage you, do your research, and that might be something that you really want to consider doing. I mean, I'm probably a month from doing that. Um, because now, what's funny to me is the telephone providers have noticed that uh, this trend has been going on. So they've actually made it where you can now, if you only have access to DSL or DSL is the easiest option for you for internet, they'll let you do DSL without having that stand, that normal line. Right. They they will. Well, they that's will how that's how my
0: house is set up now. I'm set up as a a wire free DSL network at my house.
1: That didn't used to be the case. You know, you realize that's a modern thing that's happened. Um, that they've changed recently, you used to have to. If you wanted to have DSL, you had to have that phone line. And right. I guess they've they've decided, okay, we're going to update our policies to reflect the, the changing technology of the world. So I'd recommend, you know, these are things, and I think this is probably a great, great point to kind of close out the show, is that I, I'm trying to tell you this advice on how you can save this money. After you do it, do something positive with this money. I mean, think about if you could save... a month just by making these few phone calls, changing your behavior a little bit, and you're not doing a Roth IRA or you're not maxing out your 401k to get the full employer match, go change your life a little bit because this is the type of decisions you make now in your life that really is going to set you up for the future. And you can't help but think when you're in these volatile times that what does the future hold for me? That's exactly why you gotta think this way. It's cause you do this stuff. You build up that or if you don't have an emergency reserves, go build that emergency reserves up because you're gonna sleep a lot better. You're going to know things or you're in better financial situation if you take our advice and do that. Now as for everything that's going on out there with this volatility, a lot of you are scared. A lot of you might even be thinking about, hey, let's stop this investing thing until we get back to more stable times let me warn you about that here's something here's some stats that are going on right now the ten-year treasury bond that's you know that's the government's issuing bonds the yield has not broken two percent was it in-
0: night well it, it went down below two yesterday and that's the first time I believe because I just read an article this morning nineteen fifty two I think think was what it was.
1: Now, I, don't, I haven't looked since the S&P has been updated in the last few days, but I read an article about a week and a half to two weeks ago, so it might even be better. I, I just don't hold me to that because I haven't seen an update of this number. The S&P 500 dividend yield, meaning the yield on the S&P 500 was over 2.2%. So if you got the 10-year treasury bond, meaning that you're going to give the government your money for 10 years, lock it up, pay ordinary income tax rate because it's interest, and you only go get below 2%, Meanwhile, you could go buy the S&P 500 index, an ETF, or go buy it through Fidelity or Vanguard, something like that, and you're going to get a 2.2% dividend yield plus the potential price appreciation of the the stocks within that index. Come on. You can't tell me that that doesn't get you excited, especially if you're a person. And and remember, these things, dividends and capital gains currently are taxed at a, a a favored tax rate, 15%. And I know a lot of you know that, you know, with this super committee that's meeting with the government, that those rates might get adjusted. But I still got to think they're going to want entr- to encourage some type of capital investment. You know, they want to motivate people to invest in, 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 in the marketplace. So they're going to probably look at those rates, but they're not going to make them ordinary income tax rates. So they're still going to be favored over the same interest rate that I talked about with the U.S. Treasury bond. So these are the type of opportunities, I think we're going to look back on 10, 15 years and go, "Wow, that was cheap." So get excited. You know, set yourself on an automatic investment plan because that takes the emotion that, you know you're not as emotional if you just know on the 15th of the month that you're buying into a fund. And that also gets you a little bit excited because you know, hey, the stock market's getting hammered right now. I'm buying in in the next two days. I'm getting it at a good price. This is the type of mentality you have. If you don't have a savings plan, the rule of thumb I always use, it's not 10% of your gross income. It's actually 15 to 20% of your gross income. Remember, we've got some funding issues with Social Security and some of the other safety net items out there that you know, a lot of people in the past have been able to rely upon. So if you're younger than 50, definitely save 15 to 20% of your gross wages. You're going to need it. When I say gross wages, I mean without deductions. So that's my advice. Take it. Save that $200 a month. I think you're going to be in great shape. I'm your host, Brian Preston. We'll be back in about two weeks. You know, Hang on tightly, and we'll make it through this volatility. Talk to you soon.
0: The Money Guy podcast is hosted by Brian Preston, and Brian Preston is a partner with Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston and Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.